ultra Tuscan orange grapefruit. My God, America is imploding. Hello, welcome. <laughs> I'm a disaster. Welcome to Fan Zone. Uh, this is uh, uh newest episode. We got Nazario Montenegro going up against Nico Suave Regoli. So uh, last time we saw uh, Nico, he played Nick Tuig, I believe, in round one of the tournament, if I'm not mistaken. And then the last time we saw Nazario, he played uh, Caleb Boatman in round one of the tournament, I believe. So both guys uh, looking to get a win here on the record uh with me today is my best friend in the whole world it's cody newberry cody how are you you look rough buddy um but what i will I, say I ran is, here. um what i will say is i don't think a loss these two players can take a loss tonight and it's going to be very awkward because one of them has to um Normally we talk about the order and what the questions is. I don't know what they are, so and I totally forgot about it. So it's going to be a complete mystery what gets thrown out, but I'm really excited to watch Nico read off paper and Nazario bullshit his way all the way to the end. It's true. Uh, and Coho, you are duped into being here. How are you? I felt like, you know what? I always say no to being able to judge because it doesn't usually work out. But tonight I had just enough time where I figured I could come help and it'd be nice because I feel bad saying no to Tim. And as soon as I say, you know what, sure, Tim goes, okay, you can't back out. Puts me in the green and it's these two chuckle fucks. Like, what the shit? Um, but you know what? This will be all right. I, I do this because I love you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, all right. So we're going to start by talking to the uh, lower uh, ranked competitor. Both same record, actually, right next to each other on the rankings, but lower ever so slightly is uh, Mr. Nico. Nico, welcome. Uh, I know you were, like Cody said, uh, very upset after your last match, but you're here now. How are you feeling? Uh, I, I Basically, my last performance was like imagine the computer just freezing up at the worst possible time and you're just getting that rainbow compass of death that's essentially what happened to me in the last debate and i just couldn't get it into the next gear uh this time i feel a little calmer um nazario is a bullshitter uh and i feel like i have enough actual fact uh, I, I feel like i have enough actual points uh, written down that i'm prepared to uh counter his bullshit and make him clean it up that is fair. Uh, we're going to move over uh, to Nazario. Nazario, welcome. Yeah. How are you feeling about uh, playing Nico? Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. 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 So what you're saying is bullshit. Yes. Understood. <laughs> I found my marker. So uh, here's what's going to happen. Here's how the game works. We gave the players uh, some category or some questions based off of categories that they drafted. They are going to uh, debate those questions, starting with a one-minute opening, followed by a five-minute freeform, followed by a one-minute closing. Then Cody, Caleb, and I will write on our boards who we think should have won that question. Uh, best two out of three votes wins the question and the first person to win three questions will be the winner are there any questions about how the match is going to work gentlemen uh the opening forum 60 seconds or 90 i keep 60 that. 60 okay. seconds thank you 
All right. Well, if there's no other questions, let's get into it. All right, gentlemen, your first category is in the category of uh, horror, specifically 90s horror. This was drafted by Nazario. Uh, the question is, what 1990s horror movie that wasn't great should get a remake? Uh, so we are going to start with Nazario as he drafted this. Nazario, you have 60 seconds to open your argument when you start talking, I will come in and give you a 10-second countdown when that time comes. The 90s are pretty ripe with mediocre horror movies. Uh, they were coming out of the slasher craze of the 90s and trying to find the 80s and find their own footing. Uh, but I was seeing the options they were having, and honestly, I feel the best one is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, the movie didn't look great. It was with Christy Swanson. Uh, Basically, Josh Whedon, who originally wrote the script, says the studio basically butchered whatever they had. They tried to put whatever they thought it was going to be a hit. And obviously it wasn't. Uh, I think it's a proven concept because it has been demonstrated in other medium that it can work and it can get uh, really deep into the lore. And I also feel like being a female-driven show or female-driven film in this case, it's ripe to be rebooted in, the, in our era in 2021. And you can even improve it by doing some inclusion with different characters by different races. And, you know, it's a gang, so we can always make it very, very fun. All right. We'll move over to Nico, who now has one minute to open his argument when he starts talking. 1993's Leprechaun had a lot of unique concepts and ideas that were done a disservice by bad writing and execution. Uh, the acting in the movie is actually pretty decent, especially by a very young pre-Friends era Jennifer Aniston. But the way the the main characters in this movie are written and the 90s goofiness uh, of the movie style of humor, it makes you feel like the movie had a lot of potential that it failed to meet. After that, there were six sequels. Five of them were straight to video. Uh, and then in 2018, on the Sci-Fi Network of all places, they had sort of an alternate universe sequel that kind of took elements uh, uh, from the Halloween 2018 playbook. Uh, and the movie, that movie is honestly the best of the franchise. Compared to the original, the sci-fi sequel didn't overcomplicate its lore. The characters were written more intelligently and felt like they could be real people. Much healthier balance between slasher and comedy. So it's been proven that a good Leprechaun movie can be made. And I feel like now we need a chance to prove that a great Leprechaun movie can be made. Time. All right. Leprechaun versus Buffy. You guys have five minutes. Please don't talk over each other or I will come in here and beat you with this. You just tried to defend the 2018 direct-to-TV movie as a good movie? It's the best of the franchise, so it's been Not proven a that, that a good Leprechaun movie can be made, and I feel like we need to see if a great Leprechaun movie can be made using elements from that 2018 Sci-Fi Network movie and taking pages from the 2019 Friday the 13th reboot and the 2018 You also Halloween said that the movie, the original was too funny, so you want a very serious Leprechaun, something scarier, right? Well, that was already done. WWE did a reboot of this series doing a very Listen, dark version in 2014. Uh, Leprechaun Origins, and that was even worse. 
Listen, uh, he was never trying to be funny and then trying to be scary. Now he was just full scary and it was worse. Listen, you watch wrestling just like I do. You know not to trust WWE to make anything great, especially when it comes to their movie division. WWE but Studios it was already is tried. My point is they already game. rebooted your movie. Yeah, and it, it was, was worse than the original. It was, it was tried by people who had no idea what they were doing. Uh, well, uh, it was done. Listen, the comedy stuff does kind of work if you find the right balance of it between the scary slasher stuff and the jokes like small doses as opposed to just like oh it's joke after joke after joke here's a pogo stick i'm gonna jump on it here's this car that is just randomly here that's pint-sized that i can take okay uh, the movie's not funny or scary and you're trying now to sell me that what lacked in the reboot the arena did was to make it funnier when you originally said that they needed to be more serious it wasn't funny because the character is not funny it wasn't scary because it's a, it's a goddamn leprechaun that is not scary at all. And if you want a funny, scary, small character, you can do the, the possessed doll like Chucky did to much better reception and quality films. My idea, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, it has been proven. The lore has been established in the TV series that they did for seven years, and they already have a map they can follow with a, with a 2021 reboot. You just established why we don't need a Buffy the Slam, uh, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie reboot because the TV show is already like perfect, like like it's universally praised. It has a gigantic cult following, and so basically anything you try to do with a movie uh, that uh, that either strays too far away from the TV series or tries to be too much like the TV series, you are just going to risk pissing off everybody, especially considering. Like Joss Whedon, you obviously can't involve him now because of things that we'd rather not talk about. But also there are a lot of people who associate the show's success with him. So it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. You can't you really need him because a lot of people were involved with that show. Tim Minear, for example, who's become a very successful producer after it. And what you're basically saying is you have a good TV show, don't make a movie. Well, they have made movies of good TV shows and successful series like Mission Impossible was born of a good TV show. It became a good movie series. 21 Jump Street was a mediocre TV show and it became a funny as hell couple of movies in the 2010s. It is a successful formula. You can adapt something into another medium, make it different, yes, but even better. That is possible. 21 Jump Street and Mission Impossible do not have the cult followings that Buffy the Vampire Slayer does. Like There are people who have pretty much built significant chunks of their lives around the lore of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, specifically those seven years of that show, because it meant so, so much. Firefly, and they made Serenity the movie, and it was also a good movie. That Yes, but when you've been on the... that Firefly only lasted one season. Buffy the Vampire Slayer has been on for are seven... Are you saying that the fans of Firefly are not as good as the Buffy fans? I, I, I'm saying that when you have seven years of lore, like the Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV show, seven years that people devoted a good chunk of their lives to and have based a lot of uh, their upbringings around, that if you try to make a movie that one deviates minute. too far away or tries to be too close to what the TV show was without the, it the being... It's about female the, empowerment. They even consider already recasting the lead as a black woman, which is actually very apt for what we're the, the era we're living right now of inclusion. You can try doing that. You can diversify a lot of the main supporting cast, just like they did in the Chira TV show that they did for Netflix, where they made it very inclusive, and it works. You can do that in film. 
you can get the roadmap from what the TV show did. Use the villains from season two, three, four. They always had a big bad. You can make a series of movies following somewhat the arc, but changing it just enough to make it appealing. And with a big budget, uh, big movie budget, which can make it more impressive looking than the, what you could do in a small TV show. But other than inclusivity, why do you need to make this movie? Uh, why do you need to reboot it when you have the TV show and how successful money. it was? Leprechaun wasn't that great. Money. Leprechaun wasn't that great. So there's a reason to remake it and try and make it great. Okay. All right, uh, Nico, we're going to start with you. You have one minute to close when you start talking. There's an old saying that change is scary, but it's even scarier when you're changing something that arguably doesn't need to be changed. And I feel like Buffy the Vampire Slayer did seven years on TV, established itself as some of the greatest television uh, that we've seen. Uh, and therefore, like, you try to change it with a movie reboot, you're going to have pitchforks and torches at every single door in every single arm. And it's not worth the risk. There's more risk than there is reward to remaking Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Leprechaun has had its ups and has had more downs than it has had ups. So there's a perfect reason to reboot it, to give it one more try to see if you can make it great. Uh, uh, especially considering that it's been proven that you can at least make a good Leprechaun movie. The Sci-Fi Network of all places was able to do that. Give them a couple million more dollars. Uh, uh, put it in the in on the on the big screen. You can maybe make something great out of something that hasn't been great so all far. Right. All right, uh, Nazario, you now have one minute to close your argument when you start talking. Like I said, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is a female-driven show. You can make it inclusive. You can make it modern. It's kind of timeless. Girls in high school, they will exist for all time. You, you can change it just enough to appeal to a new audience while keeping some of the original lore for the original audience. It has seven years, yes, of a good TV show that you can make great, a yeah, great movie. He's selling you Leprechaun with the small little dwarf that you can kick away, just like you could be Chucky, but it's not as funny or appealing as Chucky. He's saying... It wasn't successful yet. It has six sequels plus a reboot. He's trying to sell you that they already did in 2014 and it was really bad. And now he's saying, well, it was a bad reboot. It was a bad reboot because it's a crappy idea. They did make a direct to the first one sequel for Sci-Fi Network of all places. And now he's trying to tell you that that's a good one and you should follow that. Uh, not even Sci-Fi is following on that. I, I don't think you can make this movie work at all. Okay. Ending about five seconds early. Uh, let's bring in the judges. <clears throat> We're all good? Okay, great. Um, I thought this was actually a lot closer than I was expecting it to be. I'm not going to lie. I think both did a really good job. Um, I went with Nazario, ultimately. Um, I think Nazario's takedown of, uh, especially in his closing, of um, Leprechaun about how they've already rebooted it and it was still bad, whereas there's a lot of room to improve with uh, Buffy and that we've saw from the original movie and the show that there's uh, way more you can do and make it better in today's age. So I went with Nazario. Uh, Cody, you're next. Um, good cop, bad cop. I felt like this was not close at all. I felt like Nazario 
beat the hell out of the site all around. Uh, just because, like, points that Nazario would bring up or Nico would bring up to counteract it is, like, the TV show. There's a cult following behind it. Numerous TV shows brought up during the fight. Then, since uh, the main thing is the, they already tried the reboot, but the studio didn't know what they're doing, the next studio could also not know what they're doing at that point. Like, it, that doesn't solve, like, just because you didn't like their version of it, another version. I just felt like that was a you're running in quicksand, so I went with Nazaria. Okay. Uh, Coho, your vote doesn't count, but where would you have gone? Um, I'm with Cody. I also said Nazario. I thought that, um, I thought that Nico threw out a lot of points that didn't make sense, um, and Nazario was kind of able to take those, bat them away, and and present other like properties that supported his argument. And Nico got lost in the weeds of arguing why those properties don't work a little bit. So I I ended up going with Nazario. All right, so Nazario wins point number one, but we are going to move on to question number two. Uh, this was drafted by Nico. It's in the category of Star Wars. Uh, the question is. As follows, which Star Wars character would you have would have been better as a villain? Uh, again, so which Star Wars character would have been better as a villain? Um, Nico, you drafted this. You get to go first. You have one minute when you start talking. Let me read off a couple quotes from Jedi Master and High Council member Kiati Moody. Impossible. The Sith have been extinct for a millennium. He says this after learning about Darth Maul. Um, your thoughts dwell on your mother. He says this while speaking to Jake Lloyd as he's uh, taking a telepathic Rorschach test. He, meaning Count Dooku, is a political idealist, not a murderer. While speaking to Padme after Count Dooku's assassin just tried to murder her. What about the droid attack on the Wookiees? This is the sentence that sent Yoda to Kashyyyk, leaving the Jedi Temple vulnerable and resulting in the destruction of the Republic. I concur. Master Kenobi should go. Meaning Kenobi should go to Utapau and to take out General Grievous instead of Anakin, which would later result in Anakin spending more time with Palpatine and turning into the Sith Lord we know and love that kills children. Uh, when you hear those quotes and you think about how the events of the prequel trilogy played out, you'll either think that Kiati Mundi was an arrogant dumbass or that he was a, a spy for Palpatine. I need him to be a spy for Palpatine to justify his w being time. wrong. All right. Nazario. You have one minute to open your argument when you start talking. He literally read you every single quote he makes in the whole series of films since he has only two minutes of screen time. Uh, I went with Dark Jar Jar. Uh, Jar Jar Binks is a dumb character. It's a bad design character. It's a unfunny mess of a racist profile character. But maybe it was on purpose. Because if you analyze the, especially the Phantom Menace, when they introduce the character, he shows a lot of stuff that feels kind of too much of a coincidence to do. He can jump really high, like Jedi can do force jumps, or Sith can do force jumps. He fights clumsily, falling down and, you know, breaking things. But at the same time, he takes out a bunch of droids and a tank without meaning to. I feel the, the story of Jar Jar would have been well better served if he was later revealed to be a secret Sith Lord working against the Jedi, pretending to be a dumbass. Okay. This is the weirdest fucking fight ever. Uh, you guys have five minutes when one of you starts talking. You want to talk about too coincidental. Literally every quote I just recited 
would make sense to say if you are a, an agent trying to lead everyone off of your trail and onto someone else's trail. Like he basically put every chess piece where Palpatine wanted it when he spoke. Like that's no, he didn't. He never stood up from the chair in the council. He literally only did that in the last movie to get shot like a dumbass. He fought in the Battle of Geonosis too, so you're wrong there. But still, literally, well, every fair. quote that comes out of his mouth is royally wrong in some way that he's Everything either Jar Jar really... does moves the plot ahead the way that Palpatine wants. He is the one who go tricks them to go through the, to the core of the planet to the other side. He is the one who stays with them and kind of goes into the situation where they find Anakin and he keeps pretending like everything is happening to him. He's the one that actually incites the fight with Sebulba that gives them the idea to go into the pod race and, you know, find a solution to take Anakin off the planet. Everything that Jar Jar does in the first one feels like set up for something. In the second one, don't forget, he's the one who gives uh, Palpatine the main vote he needed to become an emperor from the Republic because everybody thinks he's too dumb to know what he's doing. Maybe he was dumb like a fox. It's very easy to be making these points when Reddit has basically been talking about this theory of yours for the longest time. This is, an, this is an original theory of mine that makes total sense. Like It doesn't, and it's bad. That's why nobody has considered it before you. Kelly Mundi is in two minutes of screen time in the whole series. Nine movies, two Are minutes. You? That's what he gets. And he never stoops off the chair except for Genosis and the last scene where he gets shot in the face. Kiari Mundi has a binary brain, which means he is supposed to be able to multitask. He is supposed to be able to focus on both sides of every situation. Where is that established? It's established. I've never heard he had. It's established in the brain. canon on Wikipedia. Are you going to let me finish my points here? Or are you going to keep interrupting? Anyway, but that's not in the movie, so I don't know how you're being able to use that as an argument here because that is not established in the movie. Again, two minutes of screen time. It's still part of the canon. It 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 makes it works. And hey, you're bringing in theories from. Should Reddit. I have studied the books? You're bringing in stuff from Reddit. You're bringing in a theory that never made it to the movies. I am making everything I have mentioned are scenes that you can see in the movie. And the as have I, as have I with the quotes. Literally, every not the brain thing though comes out of. Shut up. Like it, The fact of the matter is he is supposed to be, by the biology of his species, he's supposed to be an incredibly intelligent, logical thinking. I never character. heard that. And yet he has been wrong over and over and over again that the only way you can justify being wrong that many times is if you are being wrong on purpose, is if you are trying to lead your – uh, your friends and his acquaintances astray so that you could hide in plain sight until the, the Palpatine's plan had been acted out. And by Let's the way, assume. hold on, let Let's me finish. Assume. Let me say one more thing here. Let me say one more thing here. Because if Kiati Mundi was in fact a villain, his end is actually pretty appropriate because his end comes right at the same time where Palpatine takes on Vader, Vader as his new apprentice. So he's like, Okay, I'm getting rid of this Prius. I got the new model of the Hummer, so we're good. So it works. Let's assume the brain thing is valid, which it isn't because it's never mentioned in the movies. We all have the same brain. Haven't you been in a school where you have a kid that is straight A's and the other kid that cannot get a D to save his life? The fact that he has the capacity to be that smart doesn't mean he is. People with the equal bodies of biologically same can be smart or a dumbass. Second, 
if he was what you say he was, he wouldn't be killed the way he did. He just yelled, let's go to the battle, raised his lightsaber and got shot in the in, by like four four uh, troopers or clones, clones with what they are. Do you think clones could take that easily, a Jedi, or as you mentioned, a Sith? No. He would have beaten them back and created something better. And he didn't because they didn't give him any screen time because it's a bad idea. Wait, I was wait, wait, about wait, wait. are you saying that because Kiati Mundi got shot down, that means he can't be a good uh, uh, bad guy? Dude, that's not what how, I'm saying. How many Sith have gotten dismembered? I'm saying it doesn't work. How many Sith have gotten dismembered? How many bad guys have gotten shot down? Like just because you were vulnerable by clones. A lot of those clones are pretty good at their job. Like, have you watched the, the Bad Batch? Good. Have you watched the Bad Batch? It's, a, it's like time. That's a TV show. Nazario, you now have one minute to close your argument when you start talking. Okay, he's bringing things from the books, from the TV show, The Bad Batch. He tried to squeeze in by the end. None of that counts as canon from the from the screen. What he gets on screen is two minutes of dialogue. We can be interpreted however you want. The theory he's selling you doesn't make sense. Uh, what I'm selling you is that Jar Jar is a bad character, but he could have been better if all the things that he did by accident or by being dumb were interpreted as subtly trying to undermine the Jedi and guide them the way they needed to guide them without him, they knowing. I think if you take out Dooku from the second movie and you make the reveal with Jar Jar that he was always working for Palpatine, it works a lot better. That's just me. He did beat the droids with no skills. He gave the Palpatine the vote that he needed, and he just went back and let it play out. Great set move there. All right. I'm being a few seconds early. We'll move over to Nico, who gets to close his argument. Nico, you have one minute when you start talking. So let me say this to you. If you want Jar Jar as the bad guy, then go in a time machine and shut the fuck up after the Phantom Menace came out. Because the fact that you went on the internet and complained about Jar Jar Binks is what caused George Lucas to change his mind about Jar Jar ever becoming a bad guy in the first place. So it's your fault that he was nerfed and you were robbed of the villain that you claim to want. Meanwhile, Kiati Mundi, I don't have to change a single thing about the screen time he had to make him a villain. I just have to change whatever knowledge he had behind the scenes about Palpatine. Because everything he has said was so very wrong. So wrong that the only explanation could be that he was being wrong on purpose. He was planting the chess pieces on the board, specifically where Palpatine wanted them, so that he could take over the galaxy exactly how he needed to. Time. All right. Bring in the judges. Um, Coho, your vote didn't count last time. You get to go first. Um, I went Nazario again. Um, I think with this fight, there was a big hang up on what is and isn't canon. Um, and a lot of defense of Wikipedia as being a valid source for a movie debate. Um, 
And whether or not you count that or not, I I just listened to what they said, and I think Nazario made a more compelling reason as to why Jar Jar in the movies could make sense as being a bad guy and was able to take down Keanu Mundi in a way that I don't think Nico properly ever recovered from. So I go with Nazario. Um, I'll go next. Um, <clears throat> I I do I do genuinely feel bad because I know Nico loves Star Wars. I know that he knows so much about Star Wars, but. It is movie debate. We're talking about the movies uh, that did play into it. I also think that Nazario got Nico so hung up on defending Kiadi Mundi that he didn't say anything about why Jar Jar didn't work until his closing. And I thought by that point it was too late. I went with Nazario. It's kind of hard for me to fight back when he's hogging all the airtime. Uh, I think you were talking. You, know, you talked for a good minute and a half of us. It was straight, so I would calm down. Uh, here's my thing: Nazario was uh, Nico was winning this debate for the opening and halfway through. Then he started bringing up shit that I can't even take into a factor, and you really couldn't argue. I think it was more of an argument of bad character versus saving a bad character and making them a set. And I think that was Nazario. So Nazario is. Okay, so uh, Nazario wins point number two. We move on to question number three. Uh, Nico does need to hit this one in order to stay in the game. Uh, the category is uh, Planet of the Apes. And the question is, what Planet of the Apes character would you not want to live with? Um, so, Nazario, you drafted this, so you get to go first. Uh, you have one minute to open your argument when you start talking. I think in the whole canon of the Planet of the Apes, there's not a character that is more violent, egomaniac, sadistic, abusive than General Tate from the reboot that Tim Burton tried to do with Planet of the Apes. I'm not even talking as a human. Like, if you're a human, you're, you're screwed because the man is a hates the species he wants to make them to keep them as slaves. He just doesn't even and he doesn't even want them in their house. Like he wants them to live like animals outside. Terrible. But also, if you're an ape, he's also a very abusive creature. Like he yells and screeches, especially to the Michael Clark Duncan ape that is his second in command. He treats him like shit. And the woman he says he loves, that is Ari, played by Henry Bonham Carter, he gaslights her during the whole movie, into what his way of thinking is. It's a horrifying creature. Okay. <clears throat> uh, we're going to move over to Nico, who has one minute to open his argument when he starts talking. So here's the thing about Nova from War for the Planet of the Apes. She literally has one good quality. She's an adorable, innocent-looking child. Unfortunately, that one good quality is also one of many bad qualities. As a child, labor, labor laws prevent her from getting a job so she can't help pay the bills. She can't drive. She can't lift heavy objects. She can't do laundry. She can't use an oven or a stove without supervision. You'll likely have to clean up her messes for her. She can't be trusted around chemicals unsupervised. And the biggest problem of all, she has the simian flu. The moment she breathes in your home, everything in that home becomes infected and you lose all your higher brain functions if you don't die. Uh, you physically can't live with her unless you put her in a plastic bubble. That's my time. All right. 
Uh, so, uh, General Thade versus Nova. You guys have five minutes when one of you starts talking. So here's the thing about General Thade. He's at least self-sufficient. He has a job with a great income. He's very outgoing. He's capable of taking care of himself. He's somewhat of a good dad. Like, he can get you in. He has a government position, so he can get you into parties and he can get you out of trouble. And the thing is, Thade does what's best for Thade. And so if he's living with you, then that means if he signed a lease with you and agreed to the terms of said release, he, uh, he he's he's not going to put that lease at risk and risk being homeless. Like, if he kills you, the lease is null and void, let alone he might go to prison or jail. Um, ha. Huh. So, like, okay. Uh, Nova is a child. Uh, the everything you said about self-sufficient things, uh, no child can do, with or without the same influence. Exactly my point. She's just a kid. She will grow up, Nico. She will evolve. She will be able to, you know, get some skills. I understand that she has the same influence that will lower her brain functions. But hey, evolution is the thing. Also, if I'm already living with Nova, we're basically living in the end of the movie where the humans are done. So the people who's going to live with her are the apes. What are the apes going to complain about? That she didn't clean? That she didn't cook? They have been doing fine without all of that. Gerald Tate, you know who else has a good job and wait, wait, quiet wait, wait. family lives? Hold Fucking on. serial killers, Nico. Are you, are you saying that you're an ape in this scenario and therefore you're immune to the simian flu? I'm no, saying you're a fucking human. human. I'm saying apes or human, either or, are better off with a little girl who's actually very sweet and very cute than with a megalomaniac guy who burned a symbol of hate in the hand of the woman he wanted to marry. The fact of the matter is, you and I are both humans. You have a family yourself. You let Nova into your house, your family is going to come out dumb, if not dead. Same goes for me. I'm going to either lose my ability of speech or I'm going to die. And by the way, I'm training to be a pro wrestler. You have a talk show. If we lose our voice, we're done. There goes our source of income. We're, we're all screwed. At least with Thade, we can, we can at least convince him to... Humanity... And also... Let's, if, let's just say, for your argument's sake, that you need to be human for this conversation to exist. Fine. Humanity will always find a way. Did we or did we not find a COVID vaccine in less than a year? Do you think humanity working 24-7 on a simian flu solution cannot find something that they could apply to a little girl so she can live a life of a normal person? Well, they didn't find maybe, the vaccine maybe in the not. movies. We will they find out. They didn't find the vaccine in the movies, that's for certain. The girl, the girl is not evil by nature. The girl is actually a very sweet girl that just hangs, wants to be with the, the creature, the, the gorillas that she loves from most of the movie. My guy is a sadistic freak. He yells at people. He screams at people. Tortures human. Gaslights women. It's we, abusive. We, we've, we've, he's, he killed two soldiers that were telling him something that he needed to know just because it was good for him. He cares for no one. We, Why would he care about you because you signed a lease? We've seen in the second episode of Marvel's What If that you can cohabitate with someone. Who's he hey, I got to go with what I can go with. Uh, so... With General Thade, if he goes rogue, there are at least ways that you can stop him before he hurts you. You can go to the gym, which is good for the short term because you can force him force him off of you. And also, it's just good for your long-term living. Or you can buy a I gun. How, you, how many you hours can buy a, gym do you, you have to log in to push off a gorilla, man? 
you can buy a gun and just take care of things the old-fashioned way. If you, if you're letting him into your home, you know what you're signing up for. One uh, minute. So, so <laughs> your solution. Eyes, so your so my character, who is apparently worse, not worse, sorry, than a little girl, is okay. You just have to kill him. That's it. Here's the thing: an ape yes. that you can at That's least an ape that you can at least keep distance away from. By certain in your own house versus a little girl who, as adorable as she is, the moment she takes a breath in your house, you're screwed. You are going to lose your speech. You might how many, die. How many you, breaths are you going to take with a sadistic gorilla in your living room? Enough to run away and get the gun to handle things if I need to. But, but basically, better. so I, that's why it's my better point to is with it. My point is, dead on arrival is Nova. Dead on first contact, that's Thade. So, one, you can at least prolong a little bit. The other, you're screwed on arrival. Time. All right. Uh, Nico, you get to close first. You have one minute when you start talking. Again, there are more upsides to living with Thade than there are with Nova. He has a good job. He has a government job. He can get you into nice parties. Uh, he can get you out of trouble with the law because he has connections. He can sometimes be a good dad if he wants to be. He's self-sufficient. He's outgoing. Uh, uh, like he can take uh, he can take care of himself. He can definitely handle himself in the in a fight if you piss off the wrong person. Just don't be that person who pissed him off. Meanwhile, with Nova, see this mask from the video store, Nazario, that I bought from you? This will do absolutely nothing to protect me when Nova comes into my house. I am doomed the moment she breathes, the moment she sneezes, the moment she burps, the moment she touches something. I am screwed. My entire household is screwed. So again, dead on arrival is Nova. Dead on first contact, which you can pro prolong, is Thade. Time. All right. Uh, Nazario, you have one minute to close when you start talking. The Nova situation gets to that point when uh, humanity is done, the apes are the one who lives. So she's basically living with apes. We have no issue with the little girl. If it has to be humans, there would be more humans still existing in the world, which I think can develop a solution for this. Maybe a vaccine, maybe a treatment, maybe. We are very smart as a race. The other is a sadistic gorilla. He has a job. He can be independent. Jeffrey Dahmer was independent. And he still raped, murdered, and ate people. That means nothing. This is a giant gorilla. If you're living as a gorilla with him, he's abusive. He beats you. He tries to control everything you do. And he will kill you with no reservation if it suits him. If you're a human, even worse. You won't even be able to sign the lease, Nico, because the guy does not allow humans in his house. Horrifying character. Okay. Right. I'll bring in the judges. Um, I normally don't do fact-checking, but I, I had to fact-check this one thing. Um, 
I too also wanted to buy a mask from the video store, but I didn't because every time you purchase a mask from TeePublic, there's a large disclaimer that says, uh, legal disclaimer, these masks are not designed or intended to prevent, mitigate, treat, diagnose, or cure any condition, including COVID-19. Just Shit. throw that out there. I've been wearing those masks everywhere, and now I'm like, what's the might fucking point? Might, might, might want to get a different mask. Anyway, so Cody. What you're saying is don't buy their shit. <laughs> no, you can still buy them if you want to look cool. They're dust masks. You don't get dust. Um, I think Cody's going first on this one. Yeah, and even if he weren't really, I was going to take lead on this one anyways. Um, this is the definition of a debate that makes me, uh, one, miss debate, because I would love to kill everybody. Two, what the hell happened in this fight? There are so many bad things that happened in this fight. Um, I'm going surprisingly with this pick. I'm probably going to, the other judges do not agree with me, and that's fine. I actually went with Nico. And the fact is that I went with Nico is because Nazario just put it into a world with like monkeys and stuff existing. This is like them living with you. I think bringing it into the person's life with around family, that's a terrible option. One of the worst characters to bring around your family. But Nico almost literally made me want to jump off my roof because I've never seen somebody win. So, so win. And then, Got a handgun. Bring God solving suit. I'm like, what are you doing? Shut up. Just I it's Nico, but it's it was fifty one forty nine because he just kept talking. Right. Uh Coho, you're going next. I'm in the exact same boat of fifty one forty nine, but I went Nazario. Because I think that I think that Nico shot himself in the foot when they were in the semantics of the argument of what world they were in, because Nico kept flip flopping between a world with humans and then a world where humans don't exist. When he was like talking about vaccines, I couldn't pick up where they were setting this fight uh, in. I, I and Nazario was and Nazario was consistent across the board as to where he was uh, and was able to hammer on that. So I I barely leaned Nazario. This was a weird fucking fight. This was a weird fucking fight. I get to decide this one. Um, I am mixed between you two because I agree with Coho where I thought that all the stuff of Nazario with like bringing it into the ape world. I thought that Nico did the same thing, not as much as Nazario, but enough uh, to where I thought they really kind of counteracted each other. Um, at the end of the day, Nazario said so much about how general fade was this awful, awful, awful character who, while yes, you could live with Nova and she might make you dumb and she might make you mute. But General Fade has done the most despicable things that any character in anything could do. I went with Nazario, which means your winner by way of knockout is Nazario Montenegro. So... Uh, we will start by talking to Nico. Nico, initial thoughts. This is bullshit. I, uh, I was setting this in the world that we live in right now. I couldn't make heads or tails of what world he was setting it in. He, he, he fucking just he twists your words around like he, he like. I fucking quit. I quit. All right. He retired from movie Battleground. Oh. Sorry, I tried to take him out, and he left the call. Okay, oh. uh, Nazario. 
Congratulations. Hey. You won. You got your first knockout on your record as well. Uh, you are now three and four moving on uh, in our little, not tournament, but just in the season. Uh, how are we feeling? I'll be honest. I misread his answer. I thought he meant Nova from the original movie, so I prepared for that. And I was like, what the hell is wrong with Nova? It's a, it's a girl that looks hot. She's going to learn to talk, whatever. And then he pulled the war thing. I was like, Jesus, I have no idea what I'm going to say. So, yeah, that's what I didn't know what to say. But I guess I bullshit my way through fine enough. So, split decision. I like it. I'll take it. Uh, Nazario, like I said, this uh, does mean that you're uh, moving on to another match. You are now going to be playing uh, the winner of Joe Harrison and Ryan O'Regan. So, thoughts on that? I think I played Ryan O'Regan in movie Battleground once. I don't know who the other guy is. All right. Uh, he does TV things, I hear. Ah, he's real good at getting TKO'd by me and Boatman. Oh, yikes. Okay. Uh, so, Nazario, uh, we will see you very soon in another match. Looking forward to it. There's one more it. thing. Yes, sir. It took three years, but I got another win in this league. That's great. <laughs> awesome. This league's right. three years old. Holy fuck. I've, that was weird. I didn't think about that. Uh, final thoughts from Cody. You're muted. This fucking painful. This is one of the, like, like, I'm just going to do a disclaimer. He can say he quits all he wants, but this is number one rule. I've said 50% prep, 50% bullshit. And what you can't write down on a piece of paper and read off is a counter argument. You don't know what your player, your person's going to say on the back end. You have nothing to help you. And once they go off your paper, where do you go? So if you want to play in this league, stop writing. your Make notes about the stuff that you're knowledgeable about, but be in the fight. Counter the fights that to happen. I think Nazario, honestly, if we're being real with ourselves, Nazario should actually have gotten two wins. The Caleb Boatman thing, I think, like, the two people didn't see the movie that was referenced. We just went off basically a bullshit argument. Yeah, and Nazario lost. Um, Nazario's a fantastic. Like tonight, he prepped. Like even his prep, and this is the whole counterpoint thing. He <clears throat> studied on one character. It was a completely different character. He had to flip, and he still wins the fight. It's impressive. Like um, so, I think I think he can beat both of those players. Um, it will, time will tell what will be drafted, what he can pick, what he can't pick. But I think he can go far. I think he can be a challenger for uh, Kirk if he just you know, doesn't say fuck it and, you know, sticks to his guns and studies what he needs to study. Yeah. Koho, final thoughts from you? Yeah, um, 100% what Cody said. Uh, Nazari did a really good job of being able to uh, counter and, and, and change his argument and Nazari, or uh, Nico I saw, was reading off another monitor like the whole time. Uh, he scripts his fights. Scripting your fights is not wrong. It's not a bad strategy, but like Cody said, you also have to be able to adjust it and mold it to what situation you're in. Uh, Nico wasn't able to do that tonight. Uh, Nazario was. That's why he won. So, um, yeah. All right. Good well, job, Nazario. Uh, that is going to do it for us tonight at FanZone. We will be back, um, I believe, right away next week. I think we're back-to-back -back weeks. Uh, I don't remember for sure. But uh, we have Joe Fairley uh, going up against Jacob E. West. So that's your next match. We'll see you guys real soon with that one. Uh, but until then, Thank you to Nico. Thank you to Nazario, Coho, and Cody for judging. We'll see you real soon. Bye.
That's my bad. I was sending a tweet.